Joseph James D'Angelo, a.k.a. the Golden State Killer, was suspected of raping more than 50 ladies, murdering 10, and committing at least dozens of burglaries. He had a capture for years since his beginning in the 1970s to the 1980s and late, I mean, early 1990s. Um, the authorities have described this man as methodical and sadistic. He wore a ski mask and usually wielded a gun. He tied up his victims and issued threatening instructions through clenched teeth. He took mementos, photographs, jewelry, identification. He sometimes paused to eat or drink, as if to suggest he was perfectly at ease with the violence. His victims included women who went home alone, some who were just with their husbands. Sometimes both husbands and wife were killed. Um, typically what he would do is he would break into the house and he would wear nothing but a ski mask and a shirt, um, exposing everything from the waist down. He was completely bare. And, but mainly he was thought to have burglarized more than 120 homes. His crime scene began in 1976 went on for 10 more years as the serial killer, also known as the East Area Rapist and the original Night Stalker, preying on communities from Sacramento to Orange County. And by 1978, the Golden State Killer's first homicides occurred in Rancho Cordova, another city in Northern California. The victims, Brian and Katie Magori, have witnessed him breaking into a home. He haunted South California from 1979 to 1986 and became known as the original Night Stalker. His fan of crime, of course, have obviously said um, it derives from the 1970s and 1990s all throughout the state of California. He moved around and police could not catch him. Um, and like I said earlier, his ritual was very similar. For example, the serial killer would usually sneak into his private homes at night. And if a couple was home, he usually tap the man, place dishes on his back, and threaten to kill both victims if he heard the plates fall while he raped the woman. This investigation is one of the first to be cracked with genetic genealogy. Through DNA found at a crime scene, investigators took a sample from the scene of the 1980 double murder in Ventura County and sent it to the GED match. That led them to distant relatives of Mr. D'Angelo and then to the man himself. They searched, they searched Mr. D'Angelo's trash and found a tissue with DNA that investigators said matched their crime scene sample. In April of 2018, the authorities suspect surprised Mr. D'Angelo at his home and took him into custody soon after his attorney, Diane Howard, described D'Angelo as lonely. Defense attorneys had argued in court filings that they needed another year to sort through the 250,000 pieces of evidence turned over by the prosecutors. Prosecutors said they expect to call at least 150 witnesses over 8 to 10 weeks and the statute of limitations has already expired on dozens of rape cases in which he is accused. Public defenders of Mr. D'Angelo, Alice M Michael, and Joseph Kress said they, it could take them until the end of the year to adequately prepare for the trial. Prosecutors Dean Ho and Amy Holliday proposed a delay, and Ho made an impassioned plea to the judge that the complexity of the case stems from the number and nature of the crimes D'Angelo is charged with. The prosecution is seeking the death penalty, Prosecutors have said that they wanted Mr. D'Angelo's trial to bring an end to the most notorious unsolved serial rape killing in California history. Mr. D'Angelo's preliminary hearing is supposedly around May 12th, but like I said earlier, it could be moved around due to the outstanding pieces of evidence that they have against Mr. D'Angelo. 
and is and um, also um, this is very important to us because it's the first case in which DNA websites have been used to catch a criminal. It also shows you you can't escape from the law and you will be caught. Needless to say, this case is fascinating because we rarely see something of this magnitude. Um, most of the time, they're they don't take very long. You know, they might kill several people, um, but they don't. This doesn't stretch over 40 years. Um, my dad is um, in his 40s, and he was killing longer than my dad's been alive. And that's quite remarkable. And in fact, it's longer than even both my grandparents have been married. And he's been doing this for a long time. And um, Michelle McNamara writes a great book, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, and it talks about the serial killer. And if you're into crime novels or if you want some more in, um, info on this, Quite extraordinary fellow. I'd highly recommend it. I recommend you to check that out. Um, but one thing that we probably got to discuss is that uh, that this DNA website is going to be used to catch such criminals, and that Ancestry.com and the 23andMe and all these other um, genetic things that uh, we've got to be curious on just where that information is going and um, just to be diligent and knowing what to give and what not to give. and um, This causes some legal stipulations, whether this is a um, morally and ethic decision to use a family member's DNA to catch the guy instead of just figuring it out through old-fashioned police detective work. Um, but this case is quite interesting, and um, we don't know what he's going to be charged with. Um, they're seeking the death penalty. Um... But I guess we'll just have to see. But for all we know, this is probably one of the greatest killers in American history. And with that, I conclude.